Hello, and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing great. We just got off of uh, spring break, so it's been a nice, relaxing week, but I am about to descend into the hell that is the tech and opening week of a musical, so. Oh, mm. my God. Help. Mm. <laughs> uh, that sounds like oodles of fun mm-hmm. I mean it will be I love the show it's right. just you know late night rehearsals the first three days of the week and then three nights of shows so, yep. yeah 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 and with us as well is Peter Dancy how are you Peter I'm pretty damn good I started my new job three weeks ago um Woo! still still, uh, still still have like like some some hiccups that I'm going through because 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 stuff that is um that either is or isn't in my control but I but I'm but I'm enjoying it so far like there, there's there is always some like there's always someone like in, in the department that I'm in um that, that, I, that I, I can hop on slack the uh the instant messaging instant messaging system that we use um to ask a question to be like hey I'm sorry how do we how how, how do I do this or I can give them a call um and, and, on t- and on top of that the increase in how much money I'm making now with my paychecks and as in comparison to what I was making before very nice Nice. Money nice. is a damn good motivator, mm-hmm. which is both a good and bad thing when you when, depend, depending on what the topic is. Very nice. Yay! And because as you mentioned, three weeks is because I was away. Yeah. There's no break for you guys, but I was in the UK for three weeks, and I am back, and I have uh, missing pubs. I'm missing pubs deeply because I realized my English blood. I love ales and ciders and pubs and people leaving me alone. And so mm-hmm. I think England can, is can like perfect. Go, can we go to London together? Like whether it's just the, whether it's just the three of us or, or it's all of Tuscan Like I, I would love for I would love for all of us to like to go to London and just like fuck shit up and have stuff happen. That yes, would be amazing. absolutely. We can do that. Yeah. Like, and we'll go to Brighton too because Brighton's pretty gay. Yeah, and, I've uh, heard that. Find yeah. me a British lad. It was it was really enjoyably gay. We had fun uh, messing around on UK Grinder. So nice. yes, yes. <laughs> so I highly recommend it. And they love owls and llamas, which are like Sarah's oh, yeah. favorite thing and my favorite owls? thing, Wait, and, and unicorns too. There's a lot of unicorn stuff too. So Yay. you and Katie. Wait, but owls and I mean owls. I guess I gotta get that because Harry Potter. At least that's just like my understanding mm-hmm. of it just from like what i know what I, from shit that i know but llamas i mean you unicorns makes yeah. sense because duh like gay as fuck but also can stab you in the face with their horn so done and the national animal of scotland that too that oh. too but llamas yeah llamas llamas are great i mean llamas are the best i mean i i mean i've known llamas are great ever since the emperor's new groove but <laughs> i went to a Haven't llama farm <laughs> exactly. That's why I love llamas because Emperor's New Groove. I'm a llama. Uh huh. Uh-huh, no, no, uh-huh. no. My 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 favorite my favorite part of that movie is 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 um is is God. I I forget I forget the guy's name. I, I know Cusco, but the but the but the other one. Um, Pacho. Yes, him. Uh, when when they're, when they're when they're like when they're like tied to that log, and she's like, uh oh. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom. Most likely. Yep. Bring it on! Bring it on! And then, <laughs> and then just like, and then just the wide shot Every- of the waterfall. Booyah! I'm just like, yep. I've noticed that everyone has a joke that means a lot to them in that movie. Peter's is yes. the trampoline, and mine is uh is uh 
um, when they go, excuse me, uh, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? Yeah. yeah. You're excused. Does uh, anyone else need to go? No, no, no. no we're good. No. <laughs> it's my favorite joke in anything mm-hmm. possibly ever. I just love everything about Yzma. Yzma is amazing. Oh, She's actually, my favorite. actually, uh, real, real quick, I totally had an Yzma moment yesterday because because I was I was over I was over <coughs> at my friends I was over at my friends and he, and he 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 was replacing his door his doorknob because because the one that he used to have um uh, on on the on the outside walk on the outside walking in it, it like it just doesn't like connect click or anything so like it you can't get into his house unless you're like walking in through his garage so he, so he, so he went to Home Depot and 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 got a doorknob to replace it. But and and so and so he looked and so he was like Peter what and Peter what because I because because I'm I'm in his living room like just like watching this Japanese show on Netflix, uh, which I'll tell you which I'll tell you all about after after we're done recording. He was like but he was like so get this so here's the so it came in a box obviously you saw when I walked in I was like yeah so then there's this box but then there's another box inside and inside that inside that box there is a space there's a spacer box and then the actual doorknob and I look at him I was just like I'm going to put him in a box. And I'm going to put it in another box. And I'm going to put that in an even, even bigger box. And I'm going to mail it to myself. And when it shows up, I'm going to smash it with a hammer. And he looks at me. He's like, why are you like this? <laughs> how did you get here before us? Well, wait, how did we get here before us? Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, no, it, it just doesn't. <laughs> that movie is great. Uh, this is not an Ember's New Groove talk, but I would totally do Unfortunately, it. We should, we should do that as an evergreen. There's so yes, many reasons for that movie. It's I I read last story. I rented so many like you know super highbrow arty movies from the Trinity Library trying uh-huh. to get my movie nerd on, and then I rented Emperor's New Groove, and literally four people while I was renting it, and it's like I love that movie. <laughs> like I never had a comment on any other movie I've ever picked up there, but that one everybody was like, "That's the best movie ever made." Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, all right, all right, this means a lot to you, okay? All right, let's talk not Emperor's New Groove, let's talk about Deep Space Nine, that's what our podcast is about, right? That's what we do here? Mm. Supposedly. Uh, We are talking about Season 6, Episode 23 and Episode 24, which are Prophet and Lace and Time's Orphan. So first up is Prophet and Lace. We begin with Quark getting real Weinstein-y with one of his waitresses when Rom rushes in to say that he is not able to contact anyone on Ferenginar, including their mother Ishka. Quark fears that the Dominion have conquered the planet, but the crew note the fighting is nowhere close to that sector. However, a shuttle arrives with none other than Grand Nagus Zek and Ishka. Zek reveals he has changed Ferengi law to allow women to wear clothes considered a major step in ferengi female human rights i guess ferengi rights female ferengi rights there we go that has already dramatically upended the status quo because of this sec has been replaced by that sneering lovable weasel brunt who is set to be confirmed as the grand nagus in three days however zek has a plan to get as many ferengi commissioners as possible to come to the station to meet ishka and learn that women can be just as smart in business as men however they only manage to get the interest of one commissioner but it happens to be nilva the ceo of sluggo cola the slimiest cola in the galaxy who is very conservative and influential so changing his mind could turn the tide. Meanwhile, Brunt shows up to make a lot of quark noises, which angers Quark into a shouting match at his mother for having her change so much of Ferengi culture. Their arguments get so heated that Ishka has a heart attack and has to have a transplant. Since she needs to recover, Quark and Zack have no female to show, so Quark agrees to have sex reassignment surgery to become Lumba. After Rom gives her fabulous drag advice, Nilva arrives and Lumba takes him out to dinner. Takes them. 
After Rom gives her fabulous drag advice, Nilva arrives and Lumba takes him out to dinner where they discuss how women could be a major boom to the economy if they allowed them to earn profit. Nilva is so smitten with Lumba that he invites her back to his suite for some real intense low rubbing. Brunt arrives to say that Lumba is really quark, but after Lumba shows off her body to the two and takes Nilva to bed, convincing him to become pro-women. Lumba transitions back to Quark, who now has a fucking lot to process. He apologizes to the waitress for earlier, but then goes back to Banger, because hey, it's still the 90s. What do we think of Prophet and Lace? It was so much fun, and I lost it when they showed us Lumba for the first time. Yeah, just seeing Quark like in drag, whatever, like just as a woman, I was not at all prepared for my like I I have I had I had no forewarning of this, and then you just get that shot of him in heels, and it's like, oh, oh, oh my, mm. and uh, and and like like you brought up like you brought up in in this uh, in this recap, it was only totally highlighted by by how Rom was able to perfectly show how to sway hips and sit down on a chair dramatically. Yes, his his little his little chair move where he's like mm, he's doing like a Sharon Stone move on the chair was yeah. uh, gay as fuck and I liked it. Yes. And everyone's just like, Rom, is there something you're not telling us? Uh yeah, this episode is bizarre. <laughs> it's a very weird episode. Yeah. Uh it is uh many people who worked on the show's least favorite episode. Uh, Armin huh. Shimmerman absolutely hated it. Uh, Ira Bashir said it was the worst episode of the show, and wow. it was voted the worst episode of the show on a fanzine. So really, thought, yeah. Uh, so this is uh, this is this is the one for some people. Um, I guess I enjoyed it in a very extra way. <laughs> it was a very mm-hmm. almost extra yeah. episode. Um, I do agree with some of the criticisms people have that it's like. Maybe it's the ending really bothered me a lot because Quark doesn't learn anything, which is a big yeah. problem for me. Yeah. But the journey I thought was at least pretty enjoyable. So oh, yeah. I didn't hate it or anything like that. It's certainly not to me one of the one of the more aggressively bad episodes. Yeah, no, I can immediately yeah. think of at least three episodes that I felt were worse than this one. <laughs> same, yeah. same. I wouldn't even I don't even know how to put it in a top bottom five or whatever. Like I think it's pretty solid and I enjoyed a lot of it. It's just that ending really bothered me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean and I and I can I can see why people would say that, that, that it is the worst episode, like like why it's the worst for them because because I mean and the and they kinda high, they kind of touch on it in the they kind of touch on it in the beginning when 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 Quark was trying to figure out, you know, what happened what happened on Ferenginar and it's like it, and it's like we are in the middle of a war and yet this took place. It's something that is more of a non sequitur than 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 I think like yeah, most there's a... other most most other kind of I guess you could call them filler, quote unquote filler episodes that that, we, that we've gotten this season. It's the most yeah. out there. So I can understand that for sure. But but like you said, Ben, the journey like the journey within this episode was was fun. Well, and it's also like the most important moment in like Ferengi culture as well. So mm-hmm. like in yeah. that and that condensed to like Tootsie is kind of interesting as well, you know. But I think why Tootsie works, I don't know if you guys have seen Tootsie, but the movie mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman where he can't get a job as a guy in soap operas, so he becomes a lady and then uh hmm. and then learns that it's hard to be a lady. It's basically the whole mm-hmm. movie. It's pretty good. Fancy um, um and uh uh 
that bow ends with him learning a lesson, so I think it works a little better. But yeah, that's a part of his like. This is like the biggest moment in cultural history for Fringy in like probably hundreds of years. So mm-hmm. it is odd that we're like doing cola jokes and you know yes. lady and drag jokes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. that said, when I knew I knew about this episode a little bit before going in, and I was terrified because I was like, this is going to be so like '90s transphobic. And I didn't think it was at all. I'm no. curious if you guys thought anyways. But, like, I thought it was all relatively tame and not yeah. super, like, remember this, like, around the same time Ace Ventura comes out and there's a big hole, like, uh, oh, my God, it's a dude. Blech, gross. Ew. Yeah. Jokes. You know, yeah. it's horrible. Um, So, like, you know, it wasn't a great time for, like, that. And I would not, you know, the show is always progressive, but you can only imagine so much. I mean. As I point out in the '60s, I was watching the '60s Star Trek episode on the way here. Oh yeah, there's the great line of uh, "Leave my crewmen alone and my crew women," because <laughs> you know they are clearly not men. You're just, like, just, no, just like, it's, it's like just it's like shut up. Just te- technically, technically on this ship, they are technically all your crewmen. Just just, right. let, just let the word stand. It's it's, just, it, uh, even if you hadn't brought it up, it would have just been understood. Yeah, and the crew woman is in a princess dress for various reasons, and it's all uh-huh. it's all it's yeah. all a lot. It's Na- all a lot naturally. <laughs> so that's all. It's just like that being said, I was like, man, oh, trans people have it great in Star Trek days. They get a transition like that. Like that's amazing. That's so yeah. awesome for them. I mean, to be gender queer must be crazy. You could just jump back and forth, like just try it out. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I would definitely try out being a woman for like two weeks just to see. I would absolutely try out being a man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we all would like mm-hmm. take a take a month, take a rumspringa as the other gender. Yes. See how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> the side afterwards. <laughs> well, I wanted to point out that uh Nilva, the 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 Fringy Commissioner, is played by Henry Gibson, who's a character actor I know from a lot of movies like Nashville and Magnolia is great in and Blues Brothers. Mm. But since we're talking about our childhood, he was Wilbur from the Charlotte's Web movie, the oh animated god. film. Oh my god, I love that movie. Mm, great. I, I rewatched the death movie. scene and I was like, that is hardcore. <laughs> she has a line like like Wilbur Life is about growing up and getting old and then dying. And I'm like, damn. Oh my god. Damn 70s. I li- I yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that movie in so long, so I literally forgot that scene happened, but now I'm just like, oh god, that was that, yeah, that was deep. I also I looked at I love that the um the cast of that movie is Debbie Reynolds and uh and and Henry Gibson and Paul Lind, which is the seventiest things I've ever heard in my life. That is the most seventies cast of anything I've ever heard. And it's funny because I've noticed a lot of people think that movie came out in their childhood because they watched it when they were kids. Mm-hmm. But like it's like 40 years old. And oh, wow. Yeah. It's a real old movie, but people mm-hmm. forget, I think, because it's like kind of classic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once again, our childhood still represented on the show. So Yes. We can't well escape. You can't escape it. <laughs> I don't want to escape. I want to go back. No. <laughs> Not maybe, not maybe not all of it. Mm, I like, I like, I like beer too much. I like being able. I to do buy like beer. beer. beer is pretty yeah, nice. and yeah. sex. And sex is good. And sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and driving. Driving's yeah. great. I love driving. 
I used to remember back when I was, I would think back and be like, wow, I couldn't drive before. And that sucks. That sucks. Right. Yeah. Because, 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 because now as an, because now as an adult, I can get in my car and drive to the beer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. This is true. This is true. And like, I'm going to go on a scary subway drive to go to a movie I want to watch. and No one can stop me. <laughs> but my <laughs> own fears. <laughs> Was there anything else you guys want to say for Profit and Lace? I just really liked all of the, uh, th- this has nothing to do with the plot per se, but I really liked all of the Ferengi phrases that came up. Like, um, Ishka insults somebody by calling him limp lobes. And I yeah. thought that was wonderful. No, no. I, oh yeah, that's um, good. When when when, when Ishka said to Zach, she was like, "She's like she's Rom's wife," meaning she's broke. And it's just like, like damn, like that is is that what Ferengi shade sounds like? If someone's broke, then you just kind of like turn and give them the side eye. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I also have a lobling that she called. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if it was Quark or Rom. But it's like Liebling, but Lobling. It's yeah. adorable. Aww. And then finally, my last note for the episode was a Ferengi saying, I'm all ears, is the best thing to ever happen on this uh-uh. show. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. That's great. That's great. No, I, I no, and in, in, in this in this episode, I I liked I liked whenever they gave like the kind of comedic. Everyone is in this one shot, looking down at this one person. And the other person is like by themselves, like what? Like again, any mm-hmm. like, any any time any time it was like Rom and Nog and Lita and 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 Zach and, and Zach's uh Zach Zach's tall guy who whatever his name is I, I forget looking like looking down at Quark and it's like are you okay like do you know I walk in heels and just Quark's just like what like for some reason just those shots where it's like just it's like just a bunch of faces in in one shot it's like this is just funny because they all have to like be be standing on top of each other for this mm-hmm. interesting. All right, we guys ready to move on? Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's go cry. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah told me before off air she'll have to repeat her story, but she had a. I will. She had a moment. I <laughs> so. did. All right, we're talking about Times Orphans, Season 6, Episode 24. The O'Brien family travels to the planet Golana 4, where they romp and play. What's that, Lassie? Roof. Molly fell down a time portal? Roof. And now they can't get her out? Roof. And you're really cute in disguise? Picard. The staff helps to recover Molly using a teleporter to lock onto her, but when they pull her out, they discover Molly is now 18 years old and feral, having to survive the last decade on the deserted planet alone. Molly is brought back to the station, but is wild, not recognizing the O'Briens and freaking out about all this metal shit everywhere. The crew create a special habitat with trees and other elements similar to the planet she grew up on. The O'Briens begin to slowly reintegrate Molly back to their world, but the process is slow and frustrating. During all this time, Jadzia and Worf agree to watch Kiriyoshi so the two have more time to work with Molly. So, yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. It didn't make sense in my head for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> During all this time, Dedzia and Worf agree to watch Kiriyoshi so the two have more time to work with Molly, and so Keiko can get back to work. Worf finds the process immensely difficult, but refuses to give up as he feels this is how he can prove to Jadzia that he can be a father to their possible future children. Molly begins to readjust to her parents, but finds the habitat too confining. They take her to the Hollow Street, but when she... 
They take her to the Hollow Suite, which she adores, but when they are forced to leave and the Hollow Suite is turned off, Molly becomes violent and stabby. Starfleet recommends that Molly be placed in a mental institution, but the O'Briens reject this idea. They smuggle Molly to Galana 4 and to the time portal where she will go back to her time, then they will destroy it so the Starfleet can't find her. They say their goodbyes, and Miles is ready to blow out the portal. When Molly goes through, she finds the young Molly, who just went through the portal. Old Molly shows real Molly the way through, and she reunites with her family. But in doing so, feral Molly never exists, and she fades away. Kiriyoshi is returned to the O'Briens, and Worf is happy that he learned one of the many Klingon games that Worf tried to teach him during his stay. What do we think of Time's Orphan? Where do we start? <laughs> so, this, so our whole O'Brien must suffer just expanded to none of the O'Briens. All O'Briens yeah. must suffer. All, all O'Briens, O'Briens, must, O'Briens suffer. must suffer. Well, none well, of the O'Briens fucking, are safe. Yeah, well, Keiko got get-outed by a paw wraith, if you don't True. remember that. And then uh, now Molly, <laughs> poor mm-hmm. Molly, has her own like horrible O'Brien existential crisis. Of, like, living as a feral child for ten years, but then not, because it all got erased. Like, Jesus Christ. In my mind, this is a better version out. of Doctor Who's The Girl Who Waited. Oh, The Girl in the Fireplace? No, The Girl Who Waited, the one with Amy Pond. Spoilers for Doctor Who. Oh, oh. the first um, episode Amy Pond. Right, right. I was about to say. Yes. Don't shout about Girl in the Fireplace like that. <laughs> Girl no, 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 no. Girl in the Fireplace is, is up here. Okay, good. All right. You can't all even right. see my I'll hand. Accept- I'll accept this now. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because her making out with Doctor Who was a little like uh, gross. Hmm? Remember that? Remember she shows when she when he shows up at one point she's like a teenager and she starts. Oh yeah, no, out I was fine with that. <laughs> oh really? That part uh, I didn't like it. Eh. Yeah. I was. Anyway, just I'm not talking about that episode. I'm oh, talking okay. about Amy Pond. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Amy Pond. He makes it with Amy Pond in that episode. She tries to make out with him. Seriously. With with Matt Smith? No, yeah. not that episode. The one where they're on that planet with the, you know, don't be alarmed. This is a kindness. And Amy fast forwards a whole bunch of years and they have to go get her and they find her and she's like 40. Oh, yeah. She's real crazy and mad and angry. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah, yeah. Okay. one. There's a lot of time movement in Doctor Who, I right? <laughs> I mean, that's what the entire show is based on. So but the I one that has the same plot as this episode, that's got the it. one I'm talking it. about. Right. She she cray. She cray cray. Right. Yeah, I got it. I got you. Anyway, yeah, but yes, Kiriyoshi, watch yourself. But that episode really bothered me in Doctor Who because it was after her... Was it Rory? Was Rory her boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after Rory like spent like two deck two millennia protecting mm. her, so I was like, "Yeah, right." You were like forty years. He's fine. He did way harder. Like, yeah, to, to be be grateful. I know it's me. I guess um, she was just bitter because he didn't age during that time because he was plastic. So many spoilers right. for Doctor Who, y'all. I hope you've watched it. And yeah, if, this is a while. And, ago. and if not, just tuck it all in the back of your head for future reference. This is it true. probably won't this make sense to you anyway. This is true. This is Doctor Who. I, I I I may have told the story on the show, but my favorite thing is I before I ever watched Doctor Who I was flipping through the channels and I landed on BBC America and it was an ood, which are these tentacle monstery mm-hmm. things, and they have a ball and he was shocking a person to death with his ball and I said, That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life and then I turned away and then I watched Doctor Who later. I was like, Hey, I remember that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> now I love Doctor Who. Uh, that was a good episode. Um 
so yes this episode is devastating <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. is sad yeah. um uh sarah do you want to tell your sad story yes so um <clears throat> My girlfriend works at a bar, and so we have, at least during part of the week, entirely opposite sleep schedules. So I was over at her place on Thursday, and it was about noon or so, but she was asleep because she was going to go work that night. Mm. And uh, so I was just, uh, we were both in bed, and I was sitting up watching this episode. And by the end of it, I am just an emotional wreck. I am gross crying and trying to do so quietly so I don't wake her up. But I also kind of want her to wake up so I can cuddle with her. And so she just kind of sleepily, like happily turns over, you know, a couple of minutes after the episode ends. And she opens her eyes and I'm just crying and I'm like... Babe, it was a really sad episode of Star Trek. And she just kind of like flails and like holds me. It's like, it's okay. She's just like, what? She, she's, she's probably thinking like, what did I miss? What happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was very sweet, but I just felt really bad because that must be a terrible thing to wake up to. Like you open your eyes and your significant other is crying their eyes out. Like, what the hell? New meaning, yeah, to dazed, yeah. new, new meaning to dazed and confused. Just like, what? No. Who do I have to kill? <laughs> yeah, and I, I would be terrified that you were like, you know, you, some serious relationship talk was about to happen. Right. That mm-hmm. happened, I woke but that's, up that's like, why I immediately, as soon as I could get it out, I was like, Star Trek. <laughs> like, okay, feels. feels. Yes. Yeah, this, this, I'm, I'm much more emotional than she is. Yeah, this this episode was a, was a lot because like, I I mean I I was expect I was expecting like in, like you know Molly, I was I was kind of expecting Molly to to come back out of the portal like you know older but I thought it would be like you know like a year two years and she would just and she would come out she would come out like pissed to be like what took you so long like 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 understanding and loving but like pissed off right. I was not expecting her to be eighteen it's ten years later and you're just like oh like that hit hard right that was the original pitch i was reading was that mm. well actually oh. the original original pitch was that it was going to be alexander in star trek next generation it was that old of a pitch oh. okay. and that's how they're going to get rid of alexander so he was going to come back an adult and then you'd be like fuck you dad and be a Klingon mm-hmm. um yeah, well, but then, yeah, well that, that, t- that technically happened anyway so he's still older now um and then um and then it was changed you know and then like apparently uh, one of the creators really wanted it for a while, and then they're like, "All right, we can do it with uh, the Bryans because we haven't done that in a while." And then uh, it originally was going to be that she's going to go back; and she's going to go meet like a civilization there, like mm. the, and then she would have lived there for ten years. But then it was the showrunner uh, Ira who was like, "Nah, let's make her feral. Let's make it real dark. Mm-hmm. Let's just yeah. real fuck it up." Yeah. <laughs> like, that uh, makes it all the harder. Uh yeah, this episode's rough. It's tough. Yeah. The, any kind of story of a kid being abandoned from their parents for a long time and reintegrating is 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 hard. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the thing that probably gets me most in movies is like a child reuniting with their parents, which is why Coco was so devastating to me. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, that's, or even that's like why... Brother Bear, like when yes. Coda like sees the ghost of his mom at the end yes. and just mm. lose mm-hmm. it every time. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's why the movie Room is so devastating. I'm not uh, I haven't seen, seen it the... yet, but oh, oh man. Yeah, I haven't seen I kinda... it yet, but I can o- I can only imagine. My god. I mean 
I mean, can I spoil a little bit or not? Sure. Yeah, do it. All right. The brilliant thing of Room and why it was my favorite movie of 2015 is that it's not all in the room. That he does actually escape halfway through. They do escape halfway through. And the escape is incredible. It's like the most tense thing I've ever felt in my life. You've never more been like, someone noticed this child! Like, it's insane. Um, it's, It's like, I've never felt like, it was like a roller coaster. Like literally my heart was pounding like when I watched mm-hmm. it. But then the other half is just about like them adjusting to the real world and the fact the kid like grew up his entire life in this tiny room and like what that means. Mm-hmm. And everybody says the second part is like, oh, and it's like, you know, but the second part is so fucking key and so good. And it's like, it, it is drama. It is the same kind of drama uh-huh. as the other one. And it is, whoo, it's hard, man. It is, mm-hmm. it is some rough emotional stuff. I recommend that movie, but I understand if you're like, not like, eh, I got two free hours. Let's, let's get some cry on. Let's get mm-hmm. real, let's huh. get real intense for a bit. Um, but, but I, I, I've always appreciated that movie for this. And I do appreciate that. It took the time to like explore Molly with the, like her with the ball, like passing the ball. Oh, that was when yeah. I started crying. Mm. Oof! And then she passes the ball back. Yeah, she like she takes the ball. No, and put, no. Puts, puts in a pile, and you see there's like a bunch of others already there. Wow. No, when I started crying was when she came over and she wanted Keiko to brush her hair. Oh, that's yeah. when I lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I had a kid, this episode would be devastating i don't know if i could mm. even handle it mm-hmm. yeah i don't have a kid but um jumping tracks a little bit to the wharf and jadzia story i was actually really i can't believe i'm gonna say this i was really connecting with wharf in great. this episode it was great but uh in the last couple of weeks katie and i have started on a regular basis on tuesdays and wednesdays babysitting our friend's like infant child she's like two and a half months old mm. And uh, I I was raised as an only child. I never babysat anyone growing up. I don't really know the first thing about taking care of kids, especially babies. Yeah. So uh, Katie is has has lots of experience with it. She's the oldest of like six children, so she's she's done this before. She knows she knows how to change a diaper and heat up the bottle and soothe her and put her to sleep and whatever and so she's just there you know holding my hand and walking me through it but I remember the first night after we did this I was like let me cook dinner for you now you have to understand I haven't cooked yeah. food besides in a microwave in about three years oh, goodness. so I was like okay well I'll just do like some spaghetti and meat sauce and like it'll be easy it'll be fine and it was and it was delicious but I even said this to Katie when we were done a lot of the reason I did that is to prove that I had domestic value as a partner <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> shit about babies but yeah. I can I can kind of make food <laughs> please don't leave me no aww Worf has the best. Uh, well, I know you're going to be a good mom because you sent me the most adorable. If you ever want to be a mom, uh, it's it, you sent me the most adorable Snapchat of all time, which was <laughs> a sleeping baby with a dancing owl on its head. Oh yes, I got that too. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, is this going to be Sarah as a mom? Okay, I'm down for this. I'm, 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 I'm down to get. I don't videos. even use Snapchat. Like I just I receive them from my friends, and it makes me happy. But I don't. Send I know. Them. I was shocked now I was like, yeah. that yeah. I've discovered Sarah. this. You know, putting Snapchat filters on babies. This might be my new favorite thing. 
There you go. There you yeah. go. I, I I will I will say I will say though like I I, I it it, ma- it makes sense that like the the Kiryoshi staying with stay, stay like staying having the most time with uh with with Worf and with Worf and Jadzia it, it makes sense that that happened, but 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 before they kind of like really solidified Worf is trying to take care of this child. I I I thought I thought that like you know to kind of to kind of count kind of counterbalance just how heavy the main plot was it was, it was like the, the the b the b plot was going to be just a little more humorous of just of, of just the rest of the main cast having their own issues and taking care of and taking in taking care of him it's like it's like okay how is cisco dealing with this because he is like because he is captain and commander of the ship how are Worf and jadzia gonna do this because jad because 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 jadzia has a dax symbiote in her and Worf is a klingon how is bashir gonna take care gonna take care of kiryoshi because he's a fucking doctor and he has to take care of everyone how like like i i how, how is quark gonna deal with the baby because crying in the bar oh god heaven forbid so like that's where I thought it was going, but I'm still, but but I'm still happy, as, as, especially especially with like the last line, especially like the, like the last line that 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 Worf that Worf got like that like that that little bit of pride. It's like he remembered the game. Like I I'm still happy that this ended up being the B plot. That 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 this is how it ended yeah, up going. Yeah, I liked it. No, I really liked it too because I like this hanging out with him and uh, and seeing Worf and he has the great line which I really like which I want to read which is a, uh, I am a Klingon warrior and a Starfleet officer. I have piloted starships through Dominion minefields. I have stood in battle against Kelvins twice my size. I courted and won the heart of the magnificent Jadzia Dax. Cute. If I can yes. do these things, yeah. I can make this child go to sleep. <laughs> and that was the moment I was like, it me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I got. I had a terrible moment the other day. I was I was uh, gonna fill up a bottle with some breast milk that Cat had saved, and so I like I grabbed this bottle out of the drying rack and I put it on the counter and I filled it up with milk. And I did not realize that this particular bottle had a bottom that you're supposed to screw on. So I filled it up with milk. I lifted it up. And the milk just went everywhere. Oh, my God. And I'm just there staring at it like, I have a master's degree. (laughs) 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 What the hell? I felt really bad. (laughs) But it was okay. It was fine. Just wiped it up, sprayed some Lysol. We're good. No, yeah, no, yeah. Kind of, Sarah, Sarah, you making you making that comment like just like reminds me. Um, it, it it lines up with the note with the note that I made that note that I made about this episode. Like it's it's just how you know. Whether like TV show, movie, video game, book, whatever, you can have this person who has like just a bunch of honors and like did all of this shit. None of it matters when none of it matters in in the, in the face of a child. That That's kid, right. That that yeah. kid, what that kid, whether they are conscious of it or not, does it gives zero fucks that you have this medal of honor that you fought in this war that you have this position. They're just like, nope, I'm crying. I want food. I'm 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 the center of the I'm the center of your world right now, and you will take care of me. <laughs> yep. Oh, she's so cute. I'm gonna send you guys a picture. Yee. Aww. Um, I also just another cute moment I really enjoyed. Uh when the O'Briens came back and Odo was like I didn't think ever who would ever like break someone out of prison would be you, O'Brien. Welcome back. Like I I thought that was really Yeah. Cute. Yeah. It's a very yeah. nice little Odo moment. Um yeah, and then uh, the one question I have is uh do you think uh, Feral Molly knew what she was doing by telling Baby Molly to go through the portal? 
I don't think she did actually. I I I I don't I don't think she had that full understanding of what she was doing in in this in the same in the same way that in the same way that I forget whether it was earlier this season or last season and in, in the same way that older Odo knew what he was doing for younger Odo. She 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 just had, she just she just had the basic understanding of of oh this is me and I just and I like just left my parents you know let me like give this let me let me give younger me a chance i don't think she had like any understanding of like i will cease to exist i don't think she had that it was more i think it, she had sort of an animalistic idea of what she was doing and that mm. she just knew that she had to return this thing back to no, yeah, something and, and bad sense, happened yeah. in the past yeah mm-hmm. that's how i kind of read it is that she knew somehow that like this would be the right thing to like send mm-hmm. herself back no, yeah, like in that sense, yeah. But as far as like, oh, like erasing herself from history, I don't think so. Right. No, I don't think that part. No, I don't think she knew that would happen. But I do wonder if she was like, you know, this is when it all went wrong, kind of thing, in mm-hmm. the back of her head somewhere. Mm. Yeah, I think I think she got that much. Especially at the end when she says Molly's home, like she clearly recognized, like this is her. My parents are her parents. Go back to parents. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. Was there anything else you guys have to say for Times Orphan? Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm looking at your last at your last talking point, Ben, and I'm just like, oh God, why did you bring it up? Because I literally did not think of that. So, so, so in the rundown for dear listener, um, in, to, in the talking points, as the last talking point for this episode, Ben 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 typed out, all the O'Briens must suffer. Watch yourself, Kiryoshi. And I'm just like, why did you do that? <laughs> No I one looked was up, uh, I looked up Memory Beta, which is all the uh, non-canonical Star Trek, which means not the TV shows and the movies, oh, like all the sense. books and stuff. Yeah. And uh, apparently Kiryoshi in Star Trek Online becomes the uh, chief engineer of this enterprise. Oh, Aww, that's cool. That's really great. Mm-hmm. I thought that was nice. So yeah, you can you can go meet Kiryoshi if Star Trek Online is still online. I don't know. I think they took it <laughs> off the servers. No, I think Star Trek Online is actually still a thing. One one of my one of my old bosses from Cre- from Crate and Barrel, he was telling me earlier this year that that he, that he fired the game back up and was surprised to see that that the, that they that they still had servers running. And he was just like, "I'm gonna do this again." It's like, okay, yes. So I, so nice. I think it's I think it's still going. That's nice. All right. Well, that has been our episode. Next week, we will be discussing season six, episode 25 and episode 26, which are the sound of her voice and the season finale, Tears of the Prophets. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and interview it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9, signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. All right.